soon I'm really close to just being like, cool, I don't need ChatGPT anymore, and I'm only going to be using Bard. I'm, I, my guess would be June. My guess would be June. Wow. I think Bard's better than ChatGPT. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Here's why. Okay. Let me let me dive into deeper into this. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Eight Figure Agency Show, where a successful entrepreneur and a soon to be successful entrepreneur help you build an eight figure agency by documenting our successes and our failures. Real quick, you know, it's funny because the intro for the show the whole time has been soon to be successful. When does that change? It should already be, I, I, it should you know, already be changed. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, I definitely think you've, uh, you've uh, gone through the ringer enough to change that. Yeah, I think the definition of success, it really depends what you mean, right? Because, uh, you know, if it's financially, like, I think everybody can be successful in their own way. Um, I don't know. We have to think about what to change it to. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 8-Figure AT Show. I absolutely love this show. Doing this show is so much fun for me. Uh, there's so much growth in the horizon. Gary, clips have been crushing. Oh. So, you know, we're doing a few million views a month on clip content alone. Um, and, you know, now our, our priority is just growing the long-form episodes. And, and, and we're working on that. A lot of people have been hitting me up about it. Like, hey, I appreciate your episode on this. And with that, actually, a lot of people hit me up after that. We made that burnout and stress episode a lot of people were like they said hey you know i didn't realize derek it was that bad but gary said some really good advice um so first off today guys i'd love to dive in and give you guys an update as to like where i'm at with that uh after that we're gonna chat a little bit about what gary went through with his meeting gary had that meeting with your it team about automating your client acquisition channel with cold email and then we're gonna talk bard versus chat gpt i didn't know that it's out i didn't know you could use it gary told me about it i literally just opened it right here so i'm excited to hear about how gary's been using bard uh, but with that being said gary hello hello what's up man <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That was a really long intro. <laughs> so, all right. So, what's what's the first topic we're tackling? Yeah, I'd love to give a quick update on kind of burnout, stress, and anxiety as to as to where I'm at uh, with that because I, I want to keep it. My promise has always been to keep it really vulnerable because I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this topic. Um, and look, I have always my entire life thought that I'm an outlier, that I am not the type of person to experience stress and anxiety. That's not me. I'm not that person. That will never happen. I'll never have a panic attack. I'll never have depression. I'll never be stressed. I'll never be I can't. My life is too good for that. Yeah, that's all BS. Not true whatsoever. So I, it has been a rough few months for me. Um, everything is great, but you know, I lost my dog. Uh, I, you know, I wake up sometimes to, to the point where recently in full transparency, it's been like, I haven't wanted to get out of bed in the morning. Like I just, I don't want to do anything. I just don't want to get out of bed at all. I've never experienced that in my entire life, ever. I've heard people talk about it before, but I was like, that's just, that's in their head. Here to tell you it's not. Like, yes, it's in their head, but it's like not in their head because I'm going through it right now. It is very heavy stuff. And as somebody who has a business owner, you know, you keep showing up and it's to the point where sometimes you just don't want to show up and you question stopping everything. There's a couple tactics and strategies and things and realizations that I've learned. And my situation is slightly unique. I haven't been home in four months. I'm currently in New Zealand. I'm not technically at a, my home. I'm staying in someone else's home, and I'm very grateful for that. They're probably listening to the show right now. Hello. Um, you know, I'm staying in someone else's home, uh, and I'm very comfortable, but I haven't had a home in a very long time. So that lack of stability has been a big contributor to it. And I think what it all has come to, and I would love your opinion on this as well, Gary, is stress and anxiety is a really broad term. At the end of the day, it's burnout. Like I was doing some research last night about what burnout actually is and like all the symptoms of it. And every single symptom, stress and anxiety is a symptom of burnout. To the T, it described me and I haven't felt more related to. What are your thoughts around this? And then I'll be happy to share some frameworks that you shared that helped me, some frameworks yeah. that a couple other people in my life shared that helped me Yeah, my, as well. my thoughts are this. You, this is part of the entrepreneur journey. I've never met an entrepreneur that's been doing it for very long 
that like obviously if you like yourself you started your agency recently you hadn't gone through it but anybody who's been an entrepreneur for any amount of time this is going you're going to go through this and you're going to experience it it's part of it and then it gets worse as you push yourself so yeah i i um i've i've been there too i've been through the same exact thing yeah you know it's funny cuz i'm learning that okay that's exactly right it gets worse as you push yourself and it's and, and you know it's a very difficult thing to work through. Like I'm at a point where if this continues any longer than like a couple more weeks, I'm gonna have to take a six week sabbatical. Like no joke, I'm gonna have to like not work. I'm gonna have to like risk losing everything because I don't want to do it. It doesn't make any sense. It's just it's not it's not right. And this isn't the long term thing that you know you sign up for. But um, interestingly enough, a couple of frameworks that have really helped me deal with this. Number one, having a support group is really helpful. Having people like you, Gary, who can relate, and anybody listening and watching this show, if this sounds like you, you're not alone. Like everybody. Like, I'm telling you, like, shoot me an Instagram DM. Uh, you're not alone. Um, what excites me about this, though, is I think this is a massive growth opportunity. And it's allowing me to learn a lot about myself. It's allowing me to learn a lot about what I'm capable of and what I need to improve on to be more capable of doing. Um, and it's opened my eyes to some things that I've been kind of procrastinating on. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know about this, Gary. Ironically enough, we were just, Stella and I were driving home late at night the other day, and it was pitch black outside, and we had a, I had a realization. I was like... I now understand what Gary meant when he told the story about losing a $1 million ARR client. I get it. Because now I'm like, I have these companies and I'm doing all client communication and it's a massive stressful point for me, especially being that I'm 17 hours ahead on time zone and when I'm waking up at 7 a.m., it's 2, 3 p.m. Eastern time US. But I have a tremendous amount of fear and anxiety around offboarding all client communication to an account manager. I've never done it before. I've always been the point of contact for my clients. But now I get it. All of those times you were saying you have to let them fail. You have to be willing to lose the business. You have to be willing to take that risk for the sake of the long-term growth and health of the business. Finally clicked for me. Yeah. What, are you, what are your thoughts around that? What are your thoughts yeah, around that? Yeah, it's super hard, huh? I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the This whole thing about burnout and all this kind of stuff. So if you go online in, on social media, you're just going to find people who have problems, right? Everybody kind of talks about their problems. People who are employed places, they get burned out too. They get burned mm -hmm. out. I don't want to work here anymore. Those kind of things. Then you have people who sell the entrepreneur dream and it's, you know, they talk about how great it is, but then you hear this other side is like, Hey, you can burn out. Things happen. It's, it, and then yeah. here's the, here's the bottom line, different levels, different devils, no matter what you want, no matter what you go after, there's going to be things that you don't understand about that. And that come along with it. The best example I can give of this, Derek is the people who win the lottery. Right. So if you ask everybody, mm. you said, Hey, what if you could win the lottery right now? Everybody would be like, Absolutely sign me up. Right. But here's the thing most people don't realize that those people end up broke. They they're often divorced. They're they lose their families, they lose their friends, they lose everything. They don't know how to make new friends because everybody wants their money. And then they eventually lose mm. all their money and back at square one or worse than where they started. Why? Because they didn't have the skill set to be thrusted into that position. So it's a journey. If you if if you want to grow, you have to be able to enjoy the journey. And that's one thing, Derek, that I've really learned is that, hey, I, I have goals. I have places I want to be. I have places I want to get to. But I've also learned to enjoy the journey that I'm on today, the stuff I'm doing today and enjoying yeah. that. And when you get to that place, it feels amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting, and it's something that I'm learning. And, and you know, what I will say is, what I've realized is that this is the point where most people will quit. So, like where I'm at right now, this is the make or break. Either I quit, 
or I keep going and push through this and I go to the next level. And I think that this is not the last time I'm going to be facing this in my life. Right? I think when I build that seven, eight-figure company, I'll face it again. Until I get to the nine-figure stage, I'll face it again. And I think it will never end. I think this will be well, a continuous recurring I'll tell you, phase. I'll tell you where the next phase – I know the next phase you'll hit it at after you get through this one if you want to hear it. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So, Okay, so this is what happens. So let's say you're doing – 100000 or $200,000 a month in MRR. Let's just imagine that, okay? So here's what's going to happen. You're going to get to a point where you say, you know what? I've optimized my systems. I've optimized everything in my company. For me to grow to the next stage, I'm going to need a massive amount of capital for either marketing or some kind of technology or something to get you to that next level. And it's going to take a massive risk on your, half, on your behalf to do mm-hmm. that. Massive risk. You're going to have to sign on the dotted line and say, yes, give me this loan. And I'm willing to to take this risk, and and you're gonna have to gamble everything. And here's the thing: like, you have to be willing to do that. Like, that's how you keep growing. And you'll have to do that two or three or four more times. And there'll even be situations, and this has happened to me multiple times, where you take that risk. And part of that risk is you actually take a ba- a, a, a step backwards financially, personally, and you're risking everything: your house, your any money in the bank account, because you're co-signing on the line saying, Hey, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm co-signing for this. And the bigger you get, the more scary that becomes. And you have to perform to be able to make, you know, pay the debt and all those kind of things. Um, that, that was really confusing to me where I was like, so wait a second, I just gambled everything that I've worked for all this time. I got this loan or I got this, whatever the thing was that I needed to do this next step. And I'm making less money for the next couple of years. As I as I go through this, because I don't have the capital to be able to do that, that was really really hard and really confusing as I went through it. Yeah, that makes sense. That actually makes sense. Like a logical progression of it. That makes sense. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of people what they need is they need frameworks and tactics they can use to kind of get through these things. And what I will tell you is time heals everything. Um, there's no one size fits all. None of the things that I'm about to share have been like cure alls, or like I did it and all of a sudden it all went away. It's still here. It's just less and less every single day, and you try to work through it. But for me, Gary, what I realized, and this was the first thing that helped me, is number one, the gratitude exercise that you and I practiced. The, the you know that episode. And if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. But in a nutshell, it goes like this: Somebody asks you. It's it's easier when somebody else asks you because the perspective shift is huge. Hey, what are you grateful for? And you say a very specific thing. Grateful. Don't say you're like you could say it, but don't be like my health. Everyone who's a, you know, generally a human being is grateful for their health, but be specific. And Stella taught me this, you know, I'm grateful for the delicious eggs I had for breakfast, right? I'm grateful for the fact that my tires all have air and none of them are flat. Be very specific. But the secret is, and Gary, this is game changing. Have that other person or simply ask yourself, does everybody have that? And I bet you, I'm willing to bet that the first thing you say that you're grateful for and the first time you ask yourself, does everybody have that? You won't be able to hold back a smile instantly. This has not failed me yet and this hasn't failed anybody that I've tried this exercise on. The addition of saying, does everybody have this? Puts your mindset in like, what am I mad about? What am I? I have zero right. I've got food on the table, clothes on my back, a roof over my, like, you know, it, it puts you through that cycle and it snaps you out of it really quickly. That's the first thing that really helped me. And that was thanks to you, Gary. But the second thing is this, when you go through a phase of burnout, and interesting enough, this has been an ongoing thing for me since December. So if you remember in December, we've been talking about this and kind of went away in January, but then came back heavy and it's been trickling to the point now where, you know, I had that panic attack, right? But the other thing that I realized is you have to look forward to something. So what does that mean? Putting the business aside, 
because of the burnout, I realized that I stopped looking forward to the little things in my life. Like before, I would look forward to that dinner. I would look forward to the really good workout. I would look forward to the next chapter in the book. I would look forward to the snack I was going to get after this meeting, right? I would look forward to um, the, the time I would be spending with a friend or the time I would go out with my parents or the time I would spend with my brother or sister. Like there was little things to look forward to. And when you get into such a negative state of burnout, you begin to forget that life isn't all about work. And that then contributes further to your burnout because when you try to outwork your burnout, the burnout hits you twice as hard. From experience, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, I, I'll I'll ask you a question, Derek. So, have you yeah. have you unplugged like we talked about? Have you done that part of it yet? Like fully unplugged? So, no, I, I haven't. Um, because I just I haven't. Yeah. I, no excuses. So, I've started the new company. It's been too difficult. Yeah, yeah I, I totally yeah. get that. So, when you said, "Hey, I'm going to have to take a sabbatical for six weeks or whatever," the, what you, what you're doing is you're piling up, right? Like no one's meant to be plugged into the internet. 24 7 while they're awake you know from the moment you go to bed you set down your phone and then you wake up in the morning you plug right back into the matrix it's not healthy it's like it's not you, you it, it has crazy effects that we don't really understand yet i believe that we'll learn more and more and more about that in the future yeah. but one thing that yeah. i think will help you and help a lot of people and it's helped me is i just have times where i just unplug and whether that's one day a week that you do it just on sundays and you put your phone up um, for an extended period of time and you're literally not able to check everything or if you do it and this is how I do it because I I'm I like to work I get I can't go too long without working because I get super bored and I get really really antsy and I'm not I'm not fun to be around after about three or four days of not working but what I found is that every year I have to just put my phone down for two or three days four days maybe and just turn off my phone and go away from it and it Derek, when I come back, my ideas and my energy levels are so high that mm. it's kind of like when you're a little kid, right? Like you don't want to take a shower at night. You'd rather just go to bed. <laughs> but then you take a shower and you feel all clean and you're like, oh, I'm kind of thankful I took that shower. That's what happens when you unplug. It washes your brain and allows your brain to level up in a way that it, it wouldn't otherwise and I believe that everybody should do that. Like, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, for me, it, it, no excuses. It's totally true. But where I'm at right now, um, it, it's slightly more difficult because whenever I want to unplug with the situation I have right now, I want to go out, you know, with, you know, with a significant other or whatever it is. And being that she is also my business partner and she wants to work when I want to unplug it becomes extremely difficult because I'm like, hey, let's go to dinner. She's like, no, I've got to this work thing to do. And I'm like, oh. And so then I end up scrolling TikTok. That's just a more personal situation. But Gary, that was kind of the third thing I was going to say. Um, I turned off all notifications on my phone, every single one. That's so huge. I turned off all notifications except iMessage and FaceTime so I can speak with my family. So I am no longer waking up to – I literally – I turned off everything. Yeah, the only too. thing I have I left is Amex, Amex, iMessage, and FaceTime. That's it. No other notifications. Nothing. So, so one thing that actually helps with this, Derek, on that, I do that too, but I have settings. So on the iPhone, there's settings where you can turn off all messages and I call it like I have work, my work settings, and then I have people who can bypass it. So like my wife can bypass mm -hmm. my work setting, but then other than that, nothing else pops up on my screen. And I can turn that off and on with a timer. Is that how you have it set up? So that's that's a that's a version of do not disturb. I actually went one step further because I have been keeping my phone do not disturb every day. But Gary, I'm so addicted. I would open my phone and when do not disturb, I do my face unlock and I would swipe up to see what notifications I have and I would say, oh, while I'm do not disturb, and I'd read them. So that wouldn't even help me. I literally have turned. I went to settings, 
notifications and just hit off on absolutely every single app. Like, I I don't get anything. Yeah, you got to unplug. I'm the same (laughs) way, though. So I'm the type of person that I go to Gmail and I'll sit there and scroll and refresh Gmail over and over and over again because I don't have social. Over and over and over again. And just, and, 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 and and it's addictive. Um, And it's not healthy. Like, that is not, that's, it's the same dopamine hit that you get when you gamble, drugs, those kind of things. It's brutal. And the, and the, and what's worse for me, Gary, my unique situation is when I'm waking up, I'm waking up to 100 client messages. I'm waking up to 100 team messages because it's about 2, 3 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. when it's 7, 8 a.m. where I am right now. Time zone doesn't make this helpful at all. So I have no morning routine. There's been the last three weeks I haven't eaten breakfast. I literally go to the bathroom. I'm working on the toilet. And then I get to my desk. I'm working. I don't eat. I don't go outside. I don't do any of that. No wonder I'm feeling like this, right? But that's been a big thing. So I've literally went to settings. I've turned off all notifications completely. Not just don't serve. Like I have turned them off. And thus far, has it been good? It's been better. I will admit I've been slightly a little bit anxious as well. Like, oh, what if I'm missing something? Just have to practice. Just have to work on it. It's going to take time. But try those three things if anybody listening is feeling the same thing. Do the gratitude exercise. Ask yourself what you're grateful for. Then ask yourself, does everybody have that? Remind yourself of the little things to look forward to. The last couple of days, it was a realization, a piece of rice I was given yesterday of like, I haven't prioritized my regular life. I haven't given myself the little things to look forward to. Like, I really look forward to my dinner. I really look forward to my lunch. I really look forward to that next meeting. I really look forward to filming 8 Thick. Like, I lost that spark for the little things that mostly aren't work-related. And then try turning off notifications and couple that. And I'm going to try it. I haven't done it yet. I really have to do. Put my phone on a box. Like, literally. Like, leave it at home. Don't even wear an Apple Watch. And just go out the entire day with no phone. Just a wallet. No phone. Be with myself during the boring moments. Don't have the on me so I can't even check the notifications. And that's it. That's that's yeah. the next thing to try there, and, Gary. And and I, here's how I'm gonna I'm gonna frame this in a different way for you. So what is if you can't leave your phone alone to be in your own thoughts, what is what is going on? Right? Like what is going on that is so crazy thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like so play I play a game with myself where I make myself do these things. And it sounds like you're doing the same thing. Mm. Most people mm. don't have the self-control to do that stuff, though, Derek. I don't. I don't. I don't have it. I'm really working on it, though. Like, I'm practicing. I don't. I get bored. I instantly am on TikTok. I get anxious. I instantly start scrolling TikTok. And my mind is racing, and my escape is scrolling on social media. I instantly feel peace. It's like an addiction. It's, it's like drugs. You instantly feel peace when you start scrolling because all the thoughts in your head get kind of blocked behind a wall. And the second you stop scrolling, the thoughts come rushing back and make you feel like garbage again. I'm really trying. I'm working on it. And my goal is to work on it so that I can report back to the audience because I think there's some mass realizations there. But um, kind of transitioning to that next topic there, Gary, um, automation of cold email outreach. What was your update since meeting with your IT team? Yeah, so the, if you haven't watched the last episode, go watch that because we explained the whole thing. So I'm not going to re-explain it here, but it was really good. Yep. So we have the capability now to type in whatever kind of client we want, get that pull, information pulled from LinkedIn uh, Sales Navigator. That goes into Lemlist. And in Lemlist, it builds out a whole list for us, pulls all the information, all the emails, the text messages, the DMs. And then from there, we can send out text messages, emails, and uh, yeah, so far it's been really, really good. I haven't started sending emails yet. That's kind of the next phase, but we're planning on launching that this month and just hitting like all the dentists in, in the industry it's amazing. and pushing them. So what we're going to do, we're not actually asking for them to sign up for a demo. We're going to be giving them multiple things like, hey, here's the 2023 dental marketing uh, survey or whatever, you know, PDF sign up for that if you want to get all that information. They put their email in, then they get... Then from there, now they're in our CRM. 
now we'll start then lead nurturing them and, and massaging them to eventually get a demo. You know what I think would work really well for you, Gary, because because your your content um, system it's really automated already, and so you're going to nurture them without even needing to nurture them. And then you could even be like, hey, you want to come on my podcast? So Gary, in theory, you could even start inviting people on your podcast automated at scale, yeah. right? And you can have an automated system, like even automating the entire process through Zapier, right? Where like if somebody replies, yes, you create another sequence where like, cool, send them this application, right? Hey, curious, did you want to apply to come on my podcast? I would even start an application process because then it's it makes you guys seem like, you know, even much bigger. I think that's something to consider and look at as well. I'm fired up to see how this works for you. Like we're, we're, over the next six months, it's in our roadmap over at Odyssey Media Group to, to launch as well. Um, but yes, I'm, it's really cool. It's really, really cool I'm, stuff. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think it's huge. And yeah, no, if, if someone had this already all built out and I could just plug in, it's like, here's an outbound marketing Ooh. system. Bro, everybody yep. and their mom would buy that. Yeah, I wish that there was a software like Lemless that combined Tavis AI and Sales Navigator in one platform that leveraged AI to be able to prospect on your behalf. Whoever is going to build, and this is a million dollar, in fact, I want to go as far as to say billion dollar prospecting idea. Whoever is going to be able to build the first actually good AI prospecting tool at scale, the way they can charge $97 a month per seat or whatever it is for a tool that scrapes LinkedIn Sales Navigator based on criteria you give it and then automatically will build lists for you and automatically find the emails and automatically draft email templates and sequences for you and automatically personalize them, that player will win and that player can charge a stupid amount of money for those. Well, I, like, I will say this, Derek. I actually think that the opportunity, that, yeah, that's an opportunity on the software side, but the downside of that is it's easy to copy. Anybody can copy it. It's just a bunch of plugins. What I would actually say is because that doesn't exist, you now have a business opportunity to be able to build a business because connecting all that stuff is not easy. You tried to do it. Yep. I played around with it and I had to pass it to my team and say, Hey guys, I need your help with this. So it's not easy to do. What that does is it actually creates an opportunity to create a whole marketing company just with outbound. Yep. Yep. If I, I have seen a lot of outbound marketing companies, but a lot of them have really poor marketing for themselves. Ironically enough, they're never doing a good job. If somebody came to me and showed me a video that said, Hey, we're going to build an automated email marketing flow and an email sequence for you. And we're going to place trained appointment setters in your company for a reasonable rate where it would be the same, if not less, that when it cost me to do this all in-house. But they save me the time of training them, I would sign up with them instantly. I think everybody And if they had a guarantee around their offer... Or what if they just said, hey, we can test it. We'll get it up and running for you because it's not that much cost to get it up and running. Those those it's, It costs nothing. Yeah. It's, it doesn't know what you're doing. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, I'll set it up for you. I'll get everything going and I'll get it working and I'll get you some appointments. And if you like them, then we'll put you on a subscription and we'll just do that every month and get you this many appointments. You could do stupid good with that. Whoever's listening and watching, if you build this and it works, hit me and Gary up because I will hire you if it's actually good. I will hire you. I think there might be some stuff like that that exists, but they're just not the best at advertising themselves or they're really expensive and rightfully so. Like that's something you can charge stupid money for, you know, because if you're charging 10K a month, but you're making somebody 40, it's a bit of a no brainer, at least at the time being, right? Um, but absolutely, Gary, there was one other thing here. Um, Bard and ChatGPT, what is that about? So yeah, so... I think Bard's better than ChatGPT. Hot take, hot take. <laughs> Here's why. Okay. Let me let me go dive into deeper into this. So Bard is better than ChatGPT because the UI is a million times better. It's easier to use. And Derek, how long did it take you to log into Bard there when I said, hey, Derek, check out this link? How long did it take you to get on? Oh, instant. instant. I just went to bard.google.com. Yep, and you're instantly in there and the user face is so easy. So that means I can send it to my mom. 
I can send it to my sister. I can send it to my brother. I can send it to my coworkers. And nobody goes, wait, 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 what is it? Oh, you got to go to OpenAI and then you got to find ChatGPT and then you got to get on a waiting list and sometimes it boots you off. And then, oh, no, no, it's because you're on ChatGPT 3. This is ChatGPT 4, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and the, by the way, the language models are only updated through 2021. So it's not going to have information for 22 and 23. And it doesn't, you can't really put links into it and all those kind of things. And it doesn't have really any links out to anything on the internet. Bard solves all of that. Now, here's where ChatGPT is better ChatGPT is better with the answer. So if you're an avid ChatGPT user, you're going to be a little bit disappointed at first with Bard because the answers aren't going to be as good. It's not going to be as fast. But ChatGPT was that way when it started too. It just needs to get people in there using it. That will quickly go away. And it's just so much easier to use. So I really think that people are going to use Bard. And, and oh, by the way, FYI, it's free. And and we, all you have to do is have a Google account, any Google account, and you're good, you're in, which most people have. So it's free. Where ChatGPT now, if I want the new upgraded version, I have to pay twenty or forty bucks or whatever, right? Soon, I'm really close to just being like, cool. I don't need ChatGPT anymore, and I'm only going to be using Bard. I'm. I my guess would be June. My guess would be June is... I'm, wow. Yeah, if, if you made me take a stab at it. Wow. I, I'd love to do an episode maybe to update the audience. Maybe next episode we can do this, Gary. Come, let's come prepared with the best uses of ChatGPT we've found in the marketing agency space. I think that'd be a really tactically useful episode. I would love that episode because I've been struggling to implement AI on a high level into our companies. And I think there's a lot of missed arbitrage and opportunities, a lot of cost-saving opportunities, a lot of automation opportunities. 100%. It is hard to implement top-down AI unless you have like software that's mm. like, here, use this. Yeah. But bottom-up is really easy. That's, a, that's the approach I've yeah. been taking with our team is just like, hey, guys, everybody needs to use AI. Pick what you want to use. Go play with it and report back and... Everybody, everybody adopted it really, really quickly. Yeah, it's something that I want to work on as well, for sure. I think at our end, so one thing we do at our company is we do a lot of written content for our clients. And I think AI is getting better and better at writing that written content, where if we had somebody who knows how to do the right prompt and we had somebody who knows how to write well, then they could write for 10 clients instead of three because they don't have to do things manually. Where we can plug in an idea, have a piece of content that comes out that's 60% of the way there, and then it's edited and tweaked to fit the platforms better with the expert controlling the wheel. That's the lever. That's the real well, way leverage so the people well also also uh, on that adding to that now if you let's say you hired an indian somebody from india or filipino from the, the philippines to to help you with your content maybe they're just doing editing or something but there's a language barrier they now can speak yep. perfect english and put it into yep. the description of the video where before they couldn't yep no, it's super true. It's something that definitely I think the companies that crack the code that begin to really leverage AI and we're working on this are going to win long term because on a client facing side, nobody can tell the difference. But the only thing you can tell the difference of is if you have an expert controlling the AI. That is still a very noticeable difference. When you when AI spits something out, it's maximum usually 50 to 60% of the way there. And there's a decent amount of like room that you have to do to get it up to speed. But 60% times X clients across X years is a significant time savings. It makes one person be able to do 10 well, X the work well, because they have an AI. It's, well, here's the difference is before you might have needed 20 content writers to scale your company. Now you only need one before you might have needed, you know, somebody uh, in a whole department or people in your department writing SOPs. Now you don't need that anymore. You need one person just proof checking them. You know what I mean? So there's there. I could go on and on and on about about that. And, and before you might have needed a bunch of people to create all this, the written social media content, the copy you don't need that anymore. You can just have one person who manages 
20 times uh, the output. The other thing I also say, Derek, I heard somebody speaking on this. This is somebody who's deep in the tech game. They were saying that if you have a 10x, if you have a 10x um, programmer and they put them, this was a real story. So they had a 10x programmer and they put them next to like a level two programmer, not that great, very, very slow. And they were working together and they realized that the the person, the fairly inexperienced programmer compared to the 10x programmer was instantly as fast as the 10x programmer because of chat GPT. Because it levels wow. it pl- levels the playing field. Like I was playing wow. around. I don't do any programming. I don't mess with that stuff. I've just never really been interested in sitting there and reading code and 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 that kind of stuff. What what I realized was, man, I can get in here and start playing around with this. And I start playing with uh, APIs and things like that. And I was like, wow, I actually kind of can do that now. With ChatGPT, was literally giving me step by step on how to do things that. I've never learned before. No, that's crazy, Pavel. I'm going to share this before we wrap up the episode, Gary. This is a billion-dollar business idea. What if there was an AI employee assistant that did all of this under one roof, where they read your SOPs, they built your SOPs, they handled client communication all off of AI. They became a language model that learned your business, your SOP, your communication style so well, they would mimic you as the CEO and founder and be able to be placed in any role of the company. Meaning it's a company that rents AI, basically. They have one AI for sales, one AI for marketing, one AI for content, one AI for client success, one AI to mimic the CEO as an executive assistant, and then AI just did all those jobs for you for the fraction of the price of an actual employee. Basically, actually being able to make decisions and present reports and present in meetings. Like we have AIs that are taking notes in Zoom meetings. We have ChatGPT language models. You know what I mean? We have Jarvis AI. We have Seamless AI, like all these AI companies. But what if there was one AI that could leverage all these tools as like an actual human clicking the button? That's when this is uh, ooh, game changing. Yeah, you don't need anybody anymore. There's actually an article on a company that um, used AI as their CEO of the company for, for an extended period of time. And it actually did a pretty good job. They brought all the hard decisions and all the, there was a whole article on it. It was amazing. Like it, uh, they brought all the hard decisions, all the things you would normally bring to a CEO. uh, And it, 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 they let AI uh, make those, call those shots. So that's, that's, that is a hundred, what you just described is 100,000% going to come and it's going to come way faster than people think. Yeah. I just hope it's actually good because I will start using it. <laughs> like I hope it's good. Like it can become an entire staffing company based around AI. And the cost for the company is nothing. They will literally be all profit. They will have no expenses because it's it's, yeah, a, it's code. Yeah, it's servers and that's Crazy. it. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Oh, they're gonna be a trillion dollar company. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if like if Elon Musk does something like that. Even though he's so afraid of AI, I don't know if he would. Well, the thing is, Derek, I don't know if the companies that start the AI are the ones that are gonna make money. I think that everybody's just going to add it in as part of what they do. Think of like Bluetooth, right? Think of the technology Bluetooth, mm. right? Bluetooth is in everything, point. right? It's in, You add it to everything. It's on. If you buy a camera or a phone or a computer or even a television now without Bluetooth, it's like it doesn't even exist, right? And so it's added in. And so what I think is going to happen is that all these companies, Bard and Google being one of them, ChatGPT and Microsoft being another one, they're just going to add AI into everything as a value add and then it's going to become standard place. I think that's why OpenAI did open source is because they knew this is not something we can protect because anybody else can come and just copy it. 
there's no patent on AI. You know what I mean? So that's a good point. So that's what I see happening is that the the rich will get richer in that sense. Yeah. So basically, you're saying like Loom will have a Loom AI assistant that will be there to all your writing writing needs. Twitter can create a Twitter writing AI assistant that's so good it mimics ghostwriters right now. Like this will disrupt industries. Like it will absolutely disrupt industries. The companies that do this, regardless of if it's that way, Gary, or if it's one company that like rents out employees at scale, right? Regardless of which way it goes, this will disrupt industries on a massive level. This will genuinely, genuinely disrupt everything. Yeah, it is going to. It is 100%, no matter either way, either way that it goes. But I, I would be willing to bet the farm that it ends up being added to. There, the, the big player winner in the whole AI thing is NVIDIA. I think that's how you say their name. The processor company. N- NVIDIA? Yeah, N- NVIDIA. Yeah, they made gaming and then they moved to crypto and then now they moved to AI. They're the only ones that can make the servers uh, and they, I think they have patents on it as well. And they bet heavily no. on AI before everybody else. And so that you have to use them. I that They're the ones selling the shovels during the gold rush, so to speak. Yep. Yep. Oh, my God. That, there, there's going to be so many more companies. I, I, I'm going to wait to see on my TikTok feed all the, st- the guru stock investors. There's the secret companies selling. It's, it's like the mining companies in the crypto space. Like, and, and that was big in 2020, 2021. Gary, that's huge. I'm literally going to play with Bard right now after this episode. And I will be reporting how I go around with that. I'm super, super excited. This has been a wonderful episode. Uh, this has been really valuable, really great. I definitely think next episode, let's come with some tactics on how to leverage AI to grow a marketing agency. I think let's come with like actual prompts if that's possible and like really go through it together with the audience and show them like, hey, here's how you can actually start using AI in your marketing agency to grow your company. We've already discussed how to leverage AI for cold outreach. I think there's a lot more things there that you're doing that I'm not doing that I would be blown away by. And if I'm blown away, I reckon the audience will be too. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guys, thanks for watching and listening to this episode of the Eight Figure Agency Show. If you like this episode, consider giving us a like on YouTube and subscribing to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a review. Guys, we only go through word of mouth and referrals. So if you found this show valuable, please share it with at least one person that you know would find value in it as well. We really are trying to 10x the growth of the show and that will only happen if we're putting out good enough content that you guys share it. If you guys want bite-sized version of the content, check us out on TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, doing two to three million views a month. Come join the party over there. Uh, with that being said, guys, thanks so much for watching and listening and until next time.